This episode of the Skift podcast features a discussion from a recent online Skift event. To join us and learn more about future Skift events, visit live.skift.com. Please welcome CEO of Expedia, Peter Kern, in conversation with Skift executive editor and founding editor, Dennis Shaw. Hey, everybody. Uh, don't forget, if you have questions for Peter, uh, ask them through the Skift Live app, and I will try to get to them. Um, as Sean said earlier, they'll probably be better than my questions. That was a great line. So, Peter, your first Skift Global Forum as CEO. So exciting. <laughs> and I'm used to <laughs> Everything seeing... Everything I dreamed of. <laughs> well, it hasn't started yet, okay. so we'll okay. see, you know. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm used to seeing you on Zoom calls with the moose in the background in the backyard, so this is definitely a change. <laughs> so over the last year and a half, basically, you've been busy remaking the company, trying to sim simplify the operations. And the news this week was uh, that you're taking three Expedia loyalty programs, Expedia.com, Hotels.com, and Orbitz, and consolidating them into, into one. So why are you do, doing that? Well, let me first say this is a great week for travel, right? We just heard that we're going to be able to get travelers from Europe to America. Yep. The theaters opened on Broadway. I went to a college football game last weekend. Like, people are moving again. With 100,000 people, 100, people in Texas, you said? Yep. Did not feel very COVID compliant, but, uh, but I went. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the, the loyalty program for us, it's really... Yes, we are taking three and making one, but we are really making one global overarching loyalty program for all our brands, for all our products, for everything. And, and the goal was really to make it simple for the customer, help them understand the way to get the most value out of our brands and our products, and get, make it one simple thing that cut across the company so that people could move around, earn and burn their loyalty rewards however they wanted and really make it a bigger opportunity for the customer. And of course, it creates a simplifying uh, universe of our brands because we're moving from competitive brands to a house of brands where they all work together for a common goal for the customer as opposed to working against one another. Do you think that model of a house of brands, so if people don't know what you meant by that, the brands Hotels.com used to compete against Expedia.com. They had different marketing teams and tech teams Correct. and everything. So do you think that model is dead? Yeah, I think the moment for that, I mean, I think it worked for a while. We were sort of a holding company of a bunch of great travel brands that had built audiences and followings. Um, but I think as we migrate to, you know, really using all of our power, which is our huge reach, we already have 145 million uh, loyalty members in those three programs and with and that's only on three of our brands and we have many more brands so the potential reach of something like that and the power to drive better outcomes for customers better outcomes for suppliers is just much more vast so I think the days of trying to let us compete against ourselves and paying Google too much to compete with ourselves are over I hope and uh, and yeah we're gonna the brands are gonna work together for a common goal you mean you prefer to spend money on a loyalty program than spend it with Google? I prefer to spend money on almost anything than spend <laughs> it with Google. <laughs> um, 
But, well, I, uh, I got to ask yes, you something about I'd that. rather give the money to the customer than to Google, for yeah. sure. I mean, um, I would say six to nine months ago, you were talking about uh, how reducing Expedia's reliance on Google marketing uh, was a big priority. But early in the pandemic, it seemed like uh, you were spending money for Verbo like way more than a lot of the other brands combined. And a lot of that was video, like I imagine YouTube yep. and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. has that priority been downsized? In no, no, okay. Verbo is still a, a key priority for ours, again. No, I mean reducing spending oh, on Google. Oh, sorry, yes. Um, yeah, in a, in a sort of global sense, reducing it, which is to say, Google is great, it reaches a lot of people, and for us to use it to bring customers in makes total sense. And as long as it does, and it economically makes sense, we'll keep doing it. But ultimately, it's on us as an enterprise to create the sticky relationship with the customer with a great product, and you know, great loyalty, and great travel outcomes, and service, and everything else that makes that experience great, so that the customer wants to have a direct relationship with us and we don't have to keep fishing for the same customer over and over again and paying Google every time. Right. So that's on us to do. But yeah, we would ultimately, we believe in having those direct relationships and that's what we want to drive. And for the first time, uh, Expedia customers will be able to earn points on vacation rentals, right? Yeah, I mean, when we get this all launched, you'll right. be able to earn it on anything, cruises, vacation rentals, activities, um, and, and equally, if you rent homes all the time on Verbo and you want to use what you've earned to make a flight more affordable for you, you'll be able to do that and vice versa. Or you use it for business and you want to take a vacation on Verbo, you can go do that. So let's talk about Verbo. Is, is that the best thing you have going on right now within the Expedia portfolio? I think it's a really good thing we have going on. I mean, you know, again, I've said to you, Dennis, in other interviews, you know, I don't think we can all take too much credit for the ebbs and flows of COVID and who were the beneficiaries and who got hit in the face. Like we all have, we've had some tough outcomes. You know, Expedia is broad enough that we have some businesses that have been hurt mightily. And we have some like Verbo that have been very successful. Uh, I tend to think it all balances out over time. I know there's some in my industry who think it may be changed forever. Um, but Verbo's a great Who would business. that be? I don't know. You'd have to tell me. Um, I think we had a speaker last night that, that <laughs> yes, said it was Brian basically... Brian and I disagree on this point, but, you know, that's what makes it fun. Um, the, uh, but, you know, Verbo's had a great run. It's been a great moment for Verbo. I think tons of customers, hopefully many of you, have had a chance to experience them uh, and had great trips. And I think that's great for Verbo long term. Do I think that vacation rentals have supplanted hotels in the world of what people want to do with their lives? No. I think more people have now figured out that that's a good solution for certain kinds of trips and certain kind of family events and certain kind of group events. And that's great. And we want those people, you know, certainly to do it with us. And we think uh, Verbo is a great way to do that. So. so Verbo is still a small brand compared to Airbnb, right? So how do you rate its chances? You know, it's not a winner-take-all market, yeah. but how do you view its chances of making you know additional substantial gains against airbnb yeah i think we proved you know in the u.s during this period uh where we gained share and is our biggest market uh we proved that we could you know we could deliver a differentiated product i mean airbnb covers a lot of things we don't and kudos to them they're they're a mm. great brand and they they reach into places that are not necessarily focus areas for us but we're going to be good at what we're good at. And we're good at the whole home solution. We're good at vacation properties. We'll, we'll grow that. We'll grow that to more places. We'll be more 
competitive in far more places and will be the solution, again, that is tied into a much bigger, broader travel ecosystem as opposed to Airbnb, which is great, but just Airbnb. Um, so I interviewed you before this event, and I was very happy to see you doing some trash talking, uh, you know, about Airbnb and Booking.com. Um, you know, journalists love trash talking. So um, you just said about Airbnb that they cover a lot of things that you don't. But in this interview, you said you feel that Airbnb is a one-dimensional company. <laughs> no. I said they're good at one thing. Do you see the contradiction? They're, Do you see what I'm getting they're, at? They're extremely good at what they're good at, as are our other competitors. Right. Uh, we have a breadth. You know, we, listen, we all lean into our strength, right? right? They lean into that strength. They lean into the culture of Airbnb and the brand recognition and, and what young people associate with it. It's a great advantage for them. Uh, booking is really good at certain other things, great at performance marketing, great at, uh, at driving discounts, you know, a number of things. We have a great breadth of product that nobody else has. We have an opportunity to bring that all together under one loyalty. We have the opportunity to let all our brands work together to drive business. And, you know, we're in the business ultimate. Yes, we want to be successful, but we're trying to drive our suppliers' success. And the breadth of all of that and the reach across all of those things will, will inure to the benefit of the suppliers. So I think, you know, look, we'll all lean into our strengths. I'm, you know, they are bigger companies than us by value, and they're very good at what they do. So wouldn't take anything away from that, but, uh, but we have our advantages too. So Booking.com, Booking Holdings, has been pushing its connected trip strategy for a while. And what you just described sort of sounded like a connected trip to me. Yes. You know, you're bringing all your brands together, all the different products. But you said when your staffers ask you about the Booking.com's connected trip, you say, what the hell is a connected trip? It's a trip. Yes. What I say is, so you mean a trip? Because I don't know the difference between a connected trip and a trip. And I'm pretty sure we've been selling whatever a connected trip is for 20 years. So um, it's a cool sounding thing. And, you know, great. Anyone can brand anything. And it's a good, good set of words. But um, we've been in the trip business a long time. Pretty sure we sell more multi-product trips than any other OTA in the world. And uh, we're going to keep doing that. So. I feel good about our chances. You there. also said that you didn't feel that Booking.com or Booking Holdings has much upside. So I went to the videotape and I looked at two, 2019. Older people will know about going to the videotape. Um, I looked at your 2019 financial results. Um, Booking Holdings made $4.8 billion in profit and had a, uh, a margin of 32%. Expedia made $565 million in profits and had a margin of 4.7%. So it looks like you have a few things to prove. Well, first of all, I think there's a lot in that math that is not pure accounting. So if we okay. could, but, but they make, they make, so our earnings had a lot of noise in it. But, you know, they, they have higher margins than us. There's no question. And in some ways, that's the point of my, what I said, which was basically that, I was really referring to us. I think we have more upside. We're like a great athlete who hasn't maybe gotten all the best coaching. We've got to get everything right. We have more upside. And you've made the point. Um, we're in the similar business. We're in other lines of business. We're heavier in air and other things. But, um, you know, our margin opportunity has tons of upside. They are a nearly perfect machine at driving discounts through performance marketing to customers. Like, that's their... Nobody's better than them. I admire it greatly. But... That does not lead to as much 
potential. We have more potential because when we get it right, uh, you know, our machine will accelerate and we have great opportunities, as I said, leaning into all our advantages. Um, and we think that's going to be powerful. I mean, their, their rewards program has no rewards. It's just discounts. So that's a different approach wow. to the world. So when you changed your rewards program, I mean, there's, there's, you're in the process of doing it. I mean, there's a lot going on in loyalty uh, today. The Genius Program, Booking.com, Marriott uh, has Bonvoy, uh, their loyalty program. Now we're seeing subscriptions take off. TripAdvisor has their right. subscription program and eDreams. So you're, you're not making these changes in a vacuum, right? No, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we look at all of those, but I mean, ultimately we're making the changes that we think are, are valuable to the customer, sticky, build those relationships we want. Uh, you know, I think, look, anything can be marketed to consumers and many consumers will do things for a short period. I mean, in the travel industry, uh, this is my first gift, but I'm sure you've had people up here in the past who had cool things they were doing that are no longer coming here because that cool <laughs> thing did not quite work out the way they planned. Right. So, um, you know, we're going to see it ebb and flow and change. And I'm sure, you know, those companies can get some subscribers to pay for the benefits. We think basically all those subscription products, we have the benefits already baked into what our loyalty is. So, um, so you know, we have to do- So that's not on the table, a subscription No, we're not guys. talking about that now, but we have to do a better job of helping consumers understand uh, the value we present. And, and that's on, you know, again, that's on us to do, but it's a tremendous opportunity for consumers and, and we think it will be powerful. So sure, we're, we're against other loyalty programs. We all want loyal customers as right. we should. Uh, and we respect that our suppliers want to have direct loyal customers, and that's great, and they should. And then there's a ton of millions and millions of customers who are never going to go to the same hotel all the time. Right. And those people are out in the wild, and you know they should come to us because we're going to give them the best experience and the best value. Right. So it's funny that you mentioned things that don't work out. So I dug up this 2017. I went to the videotape right. again. I dug up this 2017 tweet from Dara when he was still CEO, it must have been shortly before he left uh, for Uber. And he said, the next five years at Egencia, Expedia's corporate travel business, uh, will be its biggest. Team and technology are just ready and armed. Get ready, corporate travel. So of course you've made that's awesome. A, I like that. I you've made it just like made that. a deal to sell Egencia to um, to American Express Global Business Travel. So why could and I remember Egencia was sort of a rising star for a while within mm -hmm. the Expedia portfolio. Why couldn't you make that work? Not okay. you. Well, you were on the board, but why couldn't Expedia Group make that? Work? I don't think it's a question. First of all, we're yeah. merging it into American Express GBT, right. and we will retain an ownership and an important commercial uh, agreement to help power uh, that business with our supply. So it's not like we're saying goodbye to corporate travel or we don't believe in corporate travel. Um, and I will add that you know we had we've had one of our best years this year in signing new business. So we continue to do great at Agencia. Uh, corporate travel is challenged, and we can talk really? about that. Really? This year you had one of your best years in signing corporate? Signing new business, yeah. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, the solution's really good. Uh, I'm sure Dara was right that we were locked and loaded to take over the world, but we're trying to make a simpler business to operate for our company. We were a big, complicated company. Uh, it created challenges for us delivering, you know, look, we have to deliver great products to the consumers every day, right? That's what we're in the business of doing. And the more things we have, 
the harder it is to concentrate on the most important things. And we felt that Agencia could be more successful as part of a business that was wholly focused on the corporate solution, bringing all that technology we developed and all the you know, business we developed to that combined group to power a bigger, badder corporate solution. Right. And, and so we felt like that was the right economic solution for us and the best way for us to concentrate the business and the best way for Agencia to succeed long-term in corporate. Right. So even though you've been selling brands, trimming the business, consolidating teams, it struck me that Expedia is still a very unwieldy, complicated business. So uh, I, I, I thought of that when you were talking on, a, I think it was an earnings call, and you were talking about how, you know, one of, one of the, uh, the ideas is to integrate Verbo's um, inventory into Expedia.com, and you said the, um, the, you, you just haven't been able to get the customer experience right at, the, at this point. Mm -hmm. But it also sounded like with all the things you're doing, it's, it's really not the, that big a priority because you, you have so many bigger priorities. So how do you view that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, we, were, we had a history sometimes of saying this is our next thing. This is the thing we're all going to focus on and do this thing. And sometimes we delivered it and sometimes we didn't, whatever. But... I think now we're really remaking the guts of the business, you know, the technology at its core, and that is going to make us really powerful and fast and innovative for the, for the consumer. And so when you, you know, when you say like, well, is that thing going well? It's not the one thing. We have right. 20 things, 100 things going on as we move to a more, uh, you know, platformized uh, technology structure that powers all the brands, that powers everything. So and our B2B business, which is a huge business. So, you know, Verbo on the OTAs or vacation rentals on, the o on our OTA brands, we want that to be successful. We think that'll be a good product. Again, we'll give exposure to more customers to the product. All good things, it'll be able to push uh, Verbo through to our uh, B2B uh, partners, which is really valuable and important. Uh, and again, really valuable for our supply partners in Verbo. So all of that's important, but we have a lot of important work going right. on. So it's not, I, I was trying to de-emphasize it as the one thing that's okay. going to set us free. We have many things that are going to set us free, and that is one of them, but we have a lot. Right. Um, let's talk about uh, tours and activities. So it hasn't always been the, again, the, uh, the biggest priority for Expedia. You've always had, you know, uh, yeah. A tourism activities business this year. You you shut down, I believe, uh, Expedia Local Expert, right? Which had um, uh, you know tour operators in airports and stuff like that uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, but you just made this deal with partnership with Get Your Guide, you know, based in Europe. Um, what is the significance of that partnership, and what does it mean uh, to your longtime partnership with uh, TripAdvisor's Viator? Yeah. So. Um on the first part, uh, we want to do better in, in activities. We had some activity businesses, but we were self, trying to self-source everything. And we felt like the breadth of our offering was not as good as it should be. Again, we reached hundreds of millions of travelers, and we should have a much more robust uh, activities business. Part of the reason we didn't was supply. And we've, we decided that we're being much less religious about owning everything we have to own. And there are some great companies, including uh, TripAdvisor, including Get Your Guide, who have great supply, and we're willing to work with them to power our activities business to move that inventory and, uh, and give our customer a great outcome. So uh, the significance is we want lots of 
uh, valuable activities inventory for our customers. And we will take that inventory, we'll self-source it, we'll find it from third parties, and we're open to whatever is the right answer to, to expand the offerings to our customers. What's your view of uh, Google's push into uh, activities at this point? They're doing things to do. Hopefully um, means they're running out of stuff to do in other categories. Um, the, uh, you're not, are you guys participating? I mean, uh, yeah. No, I was looking at vacation rentals. I don't think you're participating in that, are you? We, we, we pulled out of that. Yeah. Right. Um, look, I think, uh, as I said, when Google provides a good customer experience and it's useful to the supply community like us, you know, we'll participate. We'll see what they do. Um, you know, I don't think there's any reason, you know, like many of these things, they're trying to intermediate a space um, that they weren't in before. It's not the biggest category for us, so I guess that's good news. It's not the most dangerous thing in the world. Right. But again, since you like connected trips so much, I think <laughs> if, people, if people come to our sites and they want to actually book more than one thing, uh, you know, we will be the place to do it for sure. And so, you know, the, the benefit of going to Google and searching a zillion activities somewhere, I don't, you know, I'm sure they'll do a good job, but, you know, we're, we're not spending a lot of time worrying about that right now. To me, a connected trip is if I know the general manager at a hotel. There you go. You know, so. yeah. well, um, there's some of them, you know, some hotel owners here. Maybe you can talk to Tyler. <laughs> right. about that. Um, yeah. So you've been a big advocate for vaccine equity. Yeah. Could, could you talk about that a little about, about that and, and why it's so important? Sure. I mean, listen, I'm not, this is not, I'm not a scientist and I'm not a politician. I just think, uh, you know, we are all facing in the travel industry the, the effects of unvaccinated people in the world. And I don't just mean the fight in America about the choice of vaccine, vaccinated or mandated or whatever, which is its own thing. And I think people should follow the science. But um, we're also fooling ourselves if we think we can fix it and then put up a wall around the country or around each country or whatever, or around the West. So, you know, variants will come. Nobody should have been surprised by Delta. Nobody should be surprised by Mu or Nu or whatever comes next. And, uh, and the more people we can help get vaccinated, you know, it's, it's good for the people, it's good for their economies, it's good for the global economy, and it's gonna help us thwart this thing faster. And look, the world's going to have to learn to live with COVID. Clearly, we're not going to flip a switch and make it go away. And the notion that the U.S. or anybody is going to vaccinate everybody and close the place down. I mean, we're all begging in our industry to let travelers come from Europe who are vaccinated. You know, we need the rest of the world to get vaccinated. And personally, I think the private sector should help. So we did our part. We did our Give the World a Shot campaign. We gave $10 million to UNICEF. After about a month of the campaign, sadly, in the travel industry, we don't have bottomless pockets, but, you know, maybe Google wants to throw in on that. <laughs> <laughs> because they have bottomless they pockets. They do have bottomless <laughs> pockets, exactly. Um, just along the same lines, do you think online travel agencies have any um, responsibility towards communities? I mean, you're trying to just drive bookings. Can, should you be just driving as many bookings as possible to places like Amsterdam or Venice or what do you see as your responsibility? Yeah, I think, you know, the last panel did a good job of talking about thinking about responsible tourism. And, and I think it takes many forms. It's obviously many of the things they were talking about community. It's it's environmental. Uh, you know, we can all talk about, you know, the cruise ships in Venice or the various things. Sure, there are places that have been over traveled. And, and it may well be that my friend Brian is right that, you know, the pandemic has opened people's eyes to more places to go to. 
but I think um, you know our responsibility is helping consumers understand their choices, helping them understand how they can make sustainable choices, how they can find the right hotels that, or the right places to go that represent things, and helping them with discovery so they can find out that they should go to Africa and visit a place they hadn't thought of. And, and that's part of our role as an OTA is we can give information and help people make good choices. We're out of time, but I just have this idea. Maybe we should get you and Brian on stage together next year. I'd love to. That would be I fun. Brian, listen, Brian's amazing. I just disagree with him on this point. So. Okay, anyway, thanks. Yeah, Appreciate pleasure. it. Thanks. Thank you.